I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Fighting on Film, the podcast about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to cover it. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourers Bench. I'm Robbie of RA Military History. Grab your oozies, prime your grenades, and lace up your combat boots. It's Mercenary Month on the Fighting on Film podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to Fighting on Film. And as you heard, my professional voiceover work there it is mercenary month we are bringing you three mercenary films this month and we're kicking off with a absolute 80s schlock fest uh, called codename wild geese it's mech month and we're leading off with a lewis collins blast of a film oh it's it's a it's an absolute treat so the only write-up i could find on this movie was from 1985, and it was from the Aberdeen Evening Post. That's how non-famous this movie is. Big um, in Scotland, though, apparently. Big, big in Scotland, yeah. Lewis Collins, he of professionals and cups of Bovril fame, can be seen in the follow-up to Who Dares Wins. The all-action thriller, codename Wild Geese, due for release later next month by Entertainment Video. Wealthy Hong Kong businessman hires ex-SAS colonel to smash a drugs operation with a fairly predictable mayhem ensuing, should be a fairly action-packed stuff, particularly with the extremely heavy backup of Ernest Borgnine, Lee Van Cleef and Klaus Kinski to keep the blood and guts flowing. Ironically, there's there's very little blood and guts. Yeah. There's a real absence of um, squibs. Yeah, whenever anyone gets shot, it's, it's they just go, ah, they fall back and there's no there's blood. A little bit is where they've put some corn syrup on some people, but... yeah. It's not something they're heavily into in this film. Maybe that was a budget thing or it was a um, decision for ratings, perhaps. So to go into the production a little bit. Uh, oh, we done with plot. OK, OK. That's that's the plot. I mean, well, yeah, it is the plot, but there's a little bit more to it. I mean, what about the, the intricacies of um, Lewis Collins's son being a heroin addict? I completely missed that element of the film. All you see in the film is Lewis Collins at the grave of someone who looks about the same age as him. <laughs> um, yeah. And then it's, it, there's a couple of bits of dialogue where he's like, how many times have you stood with me by the, the grave of my son and comforted me? Yeah, and consoled um, me and all that, yeah. And and then apparently at the end, it turns out he died of a heroin overdose. And um, spoilers, it was it was his boss who gave him the heroin. What we haven't mentioned also is that this film is actually about the Golden Triangle, so in Cambodia and um, Thailand, etc., where the opium is produced. The whole mission is to destroy an opium factory and take down a general. The general. Um, never named. No. Um, true. It's not the most nuanced of films, but there's there's some elements that um, are unspoken, but apparently implied. Yeah, like they set up a plot 
if you blink, you miss it. And then we're straight into a, basically a prolonged firefight with moment, moments of lols. If you're a B-movie fan, if you love schlock and gore and explosions, then this film is absolutely perfect. We've put in the legwork for, for Merc March. You've watched a number of films. I've watched a couple of films. Yeah. We've both sat through a film that we can't discuss. It was called The Last Grenade and it was shocking. Stanley Baker couldn't save that one. It was awful. Good good amount of Sterlings. The, yeah, the Ali Tally. Lovely amount of Sterlings. But as I was saying, we've done the legwork. And what we've been aiming for with this is finding that sweet spot between good, bad. And I think this is good, bad. Yes. It strays into bad, bad in places. Yeah, there's some bits, but most of it's laughably bad. Yeah. Not most of it, I mean, but the, the bad bits are laughably bad. Mm. And the good bits are, you know, they're good, they're okay. So it, it's on the right side of the scale of what we were looking for. Yeah, you're right. But it, it, it has some redeeming features as well. We'll, we'll oh God, yeah. talk about them as we go along. It's, as you said, uh, it's the best of uh, Lewis Collins' mech movies. So this is part of the Euro War subgenre. And if you're not aware... You know, you have your Westerns are really popular in the 50s and 60s. So a lot of Italian directors start to make Westerns and they're spaghetti Westerns, as we know. But then that led into you get like Euro spy genre, Euro war, Euro thriller. You know, European filmmakers just copy what is popular in Hollywood. So if, if any of you listeners have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino, the main character in that, gets a contract to go to Italy to make Euro war films um, and Euro spy films. And the director is uh, Antonio Margaretti. He was most famous for directing um, Cannibal Apocalypse, which is very high up there in the B-movie charts. You know, people love that one. It's very gory. But it was filmed in Hong Kong, um, was uh, codenamed Wild Geese. And it was part of three films that Margaretti and Lewis Collins made together. So the story goes, Roger Moore was stepping down as Bond Lewis Collins went for an audition. Obviously, he's really famous for the professionals. He's an absolute hunk. You know, he's on top of his game. You know, he can do stunts, he can drive cars, he can shoot guns. He's a, in the para reserves, I think. TA? I think he was in the, yeah. in the Territorial Army, wasn't he? And then he... Yeah. So he's on an absolute peak of his game. So he goes for an audition to be Bond, and he doesn't get it. I think Collins would have been next level edgy. Too much for them at that point, I suppose. Possibly. I think he could have been, I think he could have been coached and I think he could have been... He could have brought it down a notch, couldn't he? Yeah, he could definitely be moulded into a great Bond, but the producer, Richard Broccoli, at the time, thought he was too aggressive, passed him over. So Collins moves into making Euro War films. And just as a quick aside, he was actually linked with the Wild Geese sequel, but it didn't come to pass. And he was actually linked with a Falklands War movie called Task Force South that, that was never made. I think Collins has such a shame of a career because he he has incredible highs and then he just mm. doesn't recover. And it's yeah. such a shame of what might have been. You know, he could have been our Arnie. He could have been our Sliced Alone. He definitely could have been. Um, but this is the best one of the three films he makes with Margaret for me. He is great in it, though. He's absolutely fantastic. You know? He is. I mean, when he's acting, he's good. And then when he's just there, he's good. Like yeah. When he's clearing that building, it's pretty funny. When he does oh. that commando role. Yeah, and he, you get a nice close-up of him reloading a Thompson. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get to the Thompsons. This is the first of three movies, isn't it? There was two others afterwards. Mm. There was The Last Hunter and um, Commando Leopard. That was it. Commando Leopard. Yeah, what a name. The oh. same people. It's got Klaus Kinski in it again. And... Margarita was famed for knocking out like a lot of films in a, in a year. He'd, he'd film a lot of things. A quick rundown of the rest of the cast. So you've got Lee Van Cleef. He plays China, the, uh, the helicopter pilot. Um, and he's been, he was famous for Westerns, you know, he's in like a few dollars more and, um, he's very famous for that. So you can tell like the influences that Margaretti and the rest of those kind of directors at the time bringing in. He's in a lot of films that Margaretti directed and he's in a couple more later on. And then you've got Ernest Borgnine as Fletcher, the, the DEA agent who, uh, who sets up the, the job for, for, for Collins's Captain Wesley character. Uh, and then you've got Klaus Kinski, a famous um, German uh, actor who appears in a lot of these films as, as the bad guy. And it's it's pretty clear about halfway in that he is the bad guy. An incredibly aloof bad guy, shall we say. Yeah, he's, he's not, he keeps it on the download, doesn't he? Which he does. Probably more effective in, in being the, 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 the secret baddie than other people. Yeah, because when, when, when Borgnine is characters like 
oh, we need to get them out. Something's gone wrong. So he's like, yeah, I suppose I can just go and, uh, yeah, I'll go and get them in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no worries. Finish a cup of tea then, we'll wait. Don't worry. Yeah. And then he doesn't go, oh, the boat's broken. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Never mind. What a shame. I can't, we can't leave now. Oh, no. Well, just wait. It's fine. They'll be fine. And it rams to a certain point where like, he clearly is the villain. He's clearly like stalling. And then we've got uh, Mimsy Farmer, who is a Canadian journalist who is turned into an opium addict. Yes. When she was captured by the general. Half his characters aren't needed. They don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole team of commandos with him. And yeah. They don't really, they're interchangeable. Yeah. And they, they die glorious deaths. One of them quite gallantly blows himself up on a train. So that yes, he does, yeah. The train full of opium, he blows Which it up. The Kwai sequence. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, they go on this mission. Yeah. And they go into the triangle and they have to steal the general's helicopter in order to get into the triangle because the general has some quite sophisticated radar, radar yeah. that can monitor any, any aircraft. Why didn't they just, why didn't they do like a halo jump? Yeah. They, they had to steal the helicopter for Lee Van Cleef to fly. Yeah. Um, so they, they infiltrate into the jungle uh, and find the quarry, which is sort of, for some reason, the general's helicopters landed there. Isn't explained why. No. And there's a little camp. And there's then what is, can only be described as the most spectacular um zipline sequence i've ever seen in a film i've never actually seen uh like a, a commando attack using ziplines by very ambitious it begins by uh by one of the militia like throwing a knife 300 foot into the back of a sentry yep killing him quietly and he just and he falls like dives doesn't he off the thing and then they rig up the ziplines which is a bit of a faff um, when they already there they just why would they? Why would there be zip lines? Or the helicopter takes off. It was already that there. Dangerous. It was. It made no fucking sense. And they were like pulling it on that bamboo hut, so it wouldn't bang on the hut roof or something. And that was yes, a. Bit... It was. They were literally like jacking the cable up, so it was. Tall. <laughs> they were and using like a ratchet. The and the jeopardy of the scene was the shot of it tapping the roof. Oh my god! What if they hear this zip line being yeah. set up? Well, I think that you could hear them like ratcheting it up as well, like the echo in the in the quarry, like. And it's like the sentry's like what? Obviously, the, the assault then begins, and uh, two mercenaries zipline over the camp and drop off the the zipline at the perfect moment, crashing through the roofs of some bamboo huts into a radio room and a barracks, which is the most audacious, you know, commando. It's spectacular, possible. wasn't it? It was really cool, you know. Like the first guy looks really good because he goes mm. through the roof. You know, that's quite well done. That's not model work. They must have actually done it. And there's like a bit of a shootout. The guy pulls a knife and kills one of them. It's quite spectacular. And the second guy that goes in, he just goes into like an already made hole in the roof. So it's not as interesting. Oh, you, you found that bit disappointing, did you? A little bit. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. But like, it's not as grand because the one guy is no, And he lands in a room full of like sleeping guards. Absolutely massacres them. They lose all element of surprise where he just yeah. like opens fire on them all. They have M16s with 40 millimeter grenade launchers. Like a couple of 40 millimeter grenades into those huts would have done the same job. But anyway, they capture the helicopter. That's the main thing. After um, a little sort of shootout. Mm -hmm. And they all bundle into the helicopter, definitely over the safety limit. But the whole thing is shot day for night, that sequence, isn't it? Yeah, it's horrendous day for night as well. It's like everyone's got like an aqua tinge. It's like horrible. <laughs> But there's some brilliant, like, 80s, um, like, through the binocular oh, shots. The crosshairs on those binoculars were better than the crosshairs of his sniper rifle. That is true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, his, on his telescopic side. You wouldn't, you would literally have, like, you would have struggled to hit anything with the yeah, on that, that scope on the ground. And the lads finally get to the opium compound. They get into the triangle. They do, successfully. Even though they're already in the triangle, to then get into the triangle again... Mm. That that's not you know they we'll ignore successfully that. bypassed the general's extremely complex radar net. Yeah, he must have had scuds or something. Yeah, yeah. he must have had like yeah some sams just like. <laughs> yeah. There was no way. There was no way we were getting in otherwise. No, nah, is it absolute um, wall? Yeah, they get in and they start the demolition sort of raid and they attack the yeah. 
the opium farm factory. Yeah, they absolutely don't know obliterated. Don't they? I don't know the the correct terminology for an opium opium farm. Factory. I'd say farm sounds about right. That sounds that sounds quaint. I can just picture the general as a farmer now. And look. Call me the general. I got your opium right here. Been a bumper crop this year. I got the root, this toot, and this radar in the hole of the deck triangle. So they um to pull it back on track. Um, they they run around planting C four everywhere. And Lewis Collins is just like shouting at the demo guy, more, more, like oh, more down. More. You know we've you know do you know what we've skipped? In our in our angst to get into the the helicopter leave and cleave action, we've actually skipped the opening of the movie where they're doing like a weird training exercise. It means nothing, does it? It means, it means absolutely, absolutely nothing. It's oh, just cool. an opening sequence. But you know it's going to be a great film when they're doing an exercise and someone loses a leg. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It's like I was like, is this an exercise? Like, why are they not being shot at? But why has he lost a leg? And then one of them just goes like. You're too dangerous on your damn exercises, you know, and then it cuts. And you're like, what the fuck was that all about? Well, he is too dangerous on his exercises. A guy lost his leg. They went to the uh, uh, Starship Troopers School of Live Fire exercises. Yeah, if you're not doing it with real ammo, it's no fun. No. Anyway, They're doing so their back, part. Back to the actual plot, sorry. Yeah, I, I just the... remembered that in a you know, split so bad. So bad. So they are blowing up this opium farm. Mm-hmm. And they find a group of locals that have been held captive yeah yeah hostage captive including mimsy farmer who plays kathy robson a canadian journalist she's pulled out and they're they're heading for the the helicopter but lee van cleef has dropped the ball and instead of like guarding the helicopter their method of exfil um he's gone to help someone that's been wounded which you would that's fair enough yeah but that leaves that leaves enough time for someone to actually take their rifle and physically smash the fuel tank uh, of the helicopter. He, he just uses the butt of his M16 like it's made out of concrete and just like smashes his way into this helicopter. Well, I mean, the fuel tank must have been made out of like paper mache. Yeah. It just goes to nothing and then there's just fuel pouring out of it and you're like, oh no, how are they going to get out oh, now? No, not, not the only helicopter in the whole of the triangle. Right. Exactly. Uh, why didn't Why didn't they take a boat in? They were on. They, they got to the quarry by boat. Oh yeah, they did. Which we is did. another scene that we've forgotten. But we talk. I think we'll talk about the boat in the alley tally. So the rest of the film is them trying to escape. Yeah. So then they come to. It's like a little castle, like a monastery. It's like an old mission. Yeah. Like yeah, like an old mission. mission type thing. Yeah. It's like the Alamo, but that's it. Jungle. And then the this really old sort of reverend padre comes out. Yeah, like a Swiss monk. Swiss monk. It's so it's weird. Randomly in the, in the... And he's like, you know, I, I'll, I'll let you in, but only if you, no weapons in my mon- in my monastery, you know. Yeah. And then and then he and then the house of like, God, no weapons. Yeah, that's it. House of God, no <laughs> weapons. And Lewis Lewis Collins is just like, take me guns everywhere. And then the 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 monk basically sort of just goes, okay, then come on in. <laughs> yeah, come on in, guys. And then you think. That okay, so this is going to be a last stand movie. They're going to fortify the monastery because they had enough weapons to do it. They one guy named Sixty. They've still got their so many M sixties in this. Film. Exactly, but then it doesn't happen. They don't fortify the monastery at all. It's no. just like a set piece to show you the general, the big bad guy. He walk. He just walks into the monastery, guns everyone down, and you never see him again. He's not even like important. He isn't the main baddie. But he's not the main baddie. But they build him up. Baddie. The general arrives while uh, Lewis Collins and the lads are on a mish. They're out yeah. on a mission um, at the bridge over the River Kwai. <laughs> and the general and, the, and his boys basically murder an entire like church full of local people. Who, who are already sick and wounded. Yeah, who are already like either addicted to opium or on their last legs. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, the priest hides uh, the wounded Merc, who's also not doing great. And the Canadian journalist lady. Yep. And then goes and sits down and plays uh, plays the organ. <laughs> yeah. Whether he rubbed out that blackboard on which he'd... He drew a really complex, this scene. So they get to the monastery. Oh my God. They then... Everyone's going to have to watch this film before they listen yeah. to it. Because yeah. they're, they're not going to be able to follow this. We didn't. 
so they get to the monastery and then the Swiss um, monk basically explains that there's a bridge over which the train delivers the opium. So he draws this out for them on a on a blackboard, literally draws the bridge for them. Yeah. And then Lewis Collins and the boys go off and, you know, go and find the bridge. Yeah. And then the general arrives, kills everyone, doesn't notice the blackboard, but it's smeared no. with blood now. Yeah. And then he crucifies the the priest, yeah. the monk. Then they come back and and you know that he's all hanging up hanging on the cross. He's not, he's not doing so great, that's, but no. he's alive. Yeah, he's alive. They they go back to another opium farm. They find another opium farm to to escape. Yeah. I, like what was the plan? Were they yeah. gonna like hop into the helicopter yeah. farm and they never say what why they do that next, what they do next. Mm. By that time you find out that Klaus Kinski's character is you know the man behind the scenes. You know, he's yeah. the man making it all go wrong. But he hasn't been making anything go wrong. You've not seen him like shadily walk into a separate room with a radio set and go, now, now they're they're gonna be here. So set up an ambush, boys. You know, it's never anything like that. He just apparently is the big bad guy. And then it's never explained why he is or anything like that. Mm. And then another massive shootout. And I think we'll save what they actually will do to escape for the alley tally because it's outrageous. I mean, most of this episode is going to be the alley tally. It, yeah, I think the whole movie is pretty much alley tally bait, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they I suppose they then escape. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them have died by this point. Lee Van Cleef, the journalist lady and... Collins. Collins, obviously. obviously your big star. Yeah, Captain, Captain Robin Wesley. And they escape. It apparently becomes clear that the big boss that Wesley's employed by mm. is involved in the opium trade. Yeah, it's you know. How like, did they realize that again? I, f- I forget. Like, I don't quite. Oh, there, there was a floppy disks. There was floppy disks. Oh yeah, that's right. The, I, the general I had a to see like Lewis Collins working a, an early Apple Mac. Then this yeah. is the film for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't know how the, how on earth those early floppy disks made it back intact. The amount of running around and jumping and crouching. Well, and... they had the little, they had the little brown paper sleeve. Oh yeah, that was tactical brown paper sleeve that came, if you've ever used a floppy disk, like the, then you know you've got to put it in the paper sleeve. Okay, does that make it in, like impervious to gun protect? It, that's it. That's right. It. Okay. It's safe in there. Yeah. Okay. It's like those, you know, those um, hard drives now that have like six bands of metal around them. And oh you yeah, yeah. Throw yeah. them into a into a tree and nothing will happen to them. What, what would have been? It's exactly the same with that paper envelope. What would have been funny if um. If if Collins had got back to the like the, the main base and they'd had like a Commodore Amiga and they couldn't get the floppies to sync up right, <laughs> been well funny. What version of DOS is this running? <laughs> we need a forty eight K modem. You've only got a twenty eight K modem. I think, I, think the main, I think the main evidence was that it had the company's like logo on it. <laughs> yeah. And we're supposed to know the company logo at that point, but yeah, but they never get we never get shown it in any great detail. No, but it's all it's all sort of like it yeah. assumes that we know this is the viewer. Yeah, and we put two and two together, and then we get uh, the ending is literally ripped almost shot for shot from the Wild Geese. Yeah. So at the end of the Wild Geese, where Richard Benton confronts Stuart Granger about being a shit, um, and, and eventually shoots him, that is exactly what Collins does. It's a great homage. Yeah, you could it is, uh, yeah. You could you, you could literally like splice the two together shot for shot, yeah. interchange Granger for the bad guy and um, Burton for Collins. You definitely easily. could. It would really work. But then we find out that from it that you know that's where the big reveal is that his son was given the the hair the opium sorry from the American businessman, and that was like his motivation to get back at him. Never and, explained that his son yeah. died of a heroin overdose. No, and we see him at his grave briefly. And then we find out that it's his son through dialogue. Yeah. And we're meant to be like, oh, right, okay. And then the whole film goes by without any other mention of Collins' dead son. Yeah. And at the end, it's like, why did you give me son heroin? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't give me son heroin and I'll shoot you. Roll credits. You're sitting there at the end and you're like, what happened? What was that about? It was fun. It was yeah. mindless, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah. And Lewis Collins basically stops acting halfway through and then Oh yeah. You can definitely tell that he's not he's doing it for the paycheck at this point. Well he has zero to say. 
There's zero. Yeah, barely any lines in the in the. All action. they have to do is do the set pieces. Mm. Grits his teeth a lot when he shoots. I think that brings us on to the alley tally. Half of this episode is going to be the alley tally because it's a mech movie. It's a mech. It's a well-stocked mech movie as well. It's time for Ali Tally on Fighting on Film. So, who wants to go first? You've got to go first. Okay. So I'll start off with the first weapon that you see Lewis Collins, the only weapon that you see Lewis Collins use the entire film, apart from right at the end. He has an M1 Thompson, the entire film, and there's two of them in in the movie. Yeah. And they interchange. Lee Van Cleef ends up with one. Yeah, Lee Van Cleef ends up with one. So there's two Thompsons in the movie that we know of. So there's one with like a sort of homemade foregrip on it, which clearly has been made in country. Yeah, it's got the standard M M1 M1A sort of like um, straight yeah. foregrip, and then it has like the M1928 sort of like gangster movie classic. Yeah, uh, sort of like front pistol grip, sort of attached to it. Yeah, it's clear. It's been like a mock. I think it's a mock up, personally, mm. or a blank mock up or something. I have no idea. I'm convinced in one of the shots. Maybe we'll put it on the Twitter for on a thread. In certain shots, I think it's a mock, it's a dummy or a mock up at um, Thompson because the barrel looks filled in in shots. Yeah, well, the front sight disappears now and then. Yeah, every now and then. No stock on it either. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Complete no, yeah, complete. Sandy no, school no. of shooting everybody. If you remember mm, that, center mass the, all the way. Center mass all the way. If you remember that from the the actual wild geese um, episode, and then yeah, so and we've got the airboat gunboat, which is is like amazing. So it's this flat, sort of like flat um, airboat. You know, like they have in um, like Florida and stuff. And it is absolutely like it's like a PBR. It's like a PIBA. Um, and it's you know it's got like a it's got a thirty cal with a big armored mount on it. It's got sandbags everywhere. That's an airborne M two fifty cal. Oh, nice. Actually, yeah. but you never. But it but the airborne bit looks makes it look like a like a thirty cal. It's like a full shroud. That's it. And you it never really gets used. It's just no. it gets to the quarry. The next time you see it, Kinski's on it. Yeah. So he must have found it at the quarry. I assume so. Because I thought as well, this is another. Unless the boat went there and then went back. Yeah. So they're in the they're in that compound right at the end, right? Yeah. And they get that helicopter, and we'll come on to what they do to the helicopter in just a moment. But I've got I've got to have it said right. Mm-hmm. They're in the middle of that compound. Kinski brings like five blokes with him. Yeah. But somehow they turn into like a hundred men. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Surely they were better off fighting their way back to the boat and using that. Well, we get that. The joy of that whole sequence is they they're stopped by an electric fence. Oh God, yeah! Which is then jumped by one of the the surviving local militia, um, only for him to step on the world's largest anti personnel mine because he gets absolutely blown the, to smithereens. He does. The explosion looks like and God knows it looks like a cruise missile landing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and they're pinned down. They can't do anything. And then Kinski, Kinski arrives, and the last of the mechs that we don't really know the name. No, there's two more. There's one dies in the minefield, and then one dies getting into the building. That's it. Yeah. Is. Yeah. 
But then, but then, yeah, it just annoys me that they don't go back and use the gunboat because it'd been perfect to get away on. Well, let's let's just go back to the the gunboat for a moment. On the back of this this gunboat, it has a large, really slow moving fan. <laughs> yeah, which is supposed to like hint that it's the hovercraft. Yeah, it's weird. When you, when you first see Collins on it, there's a great sort of like Apocalypse Now esque scene where he's walking along the boat checking his men. You just want to hear Martin Sheen's sort of like narration over the top of it. You just, you just expect Collins to like, I can't believe they wanted me to kill Captain Kurtz. This man had won everything there is to win in the American army. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe they wanted me to go and kill Bodie. <laughs> Ranger school, <laughs> school, every decoration known to man. He came top of his class in CI-15. Lewis Collins now from Birmingham because we're both doing like Lewis Collins. He's from Birkenhead. He's from Liverpool. I was trying, I'm trying to do like... He's sort of like really, he's got that low liver puddly accent. Yeah, he's got a Ringo Starr sort of accent, yeah. on, hasn't he? Yeah. You never see the boat again. So that's annoying, but it's Ali, quite Ali indeed. It must have been made for it's, the production. Definitely made for the production. Um, fair bit of money got a spell on that, I think. Definitely. And then my other Ali pick is the helicopter at the end. So they get this. You're just literally stealing all the best bits out of this film, aren't you? I don't mean to. Oh, no, the boat and now the helicopter as well. Okay, I'll choose something different. No, 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 it's fine. We, I can jump in on this. That wasn't my pick anyway. I'm just saying you've picked okay. like the two, Sorry. There is, the well, two peak movie <laughs> things. Go on. I could talk about beer, man, if you wanted. No, 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 it's all you. Okay. So they they get into they get this chopper to leave, and it's like this tiny little thing. It only fit luckily it fits three people in it, and only three people. How? Like, where does she sit? Fuck knows. In the middle of it. It's just Lee Van Cleef. Collins yeah. and, and the Canadian reporter lady. That's it. Who has been given a Thompson, doesn't know how to shoot the Thompson. Lee Van Cleef tells her, you just pull the trigger, but don't point it at me. <laughs> yeah. Open to the window and then literally hoses down a hundred enemy mercs. She gives a really good centre mass Sandy school of shooting again. Laying it down out that window. Yeah. And she's like, hey, there's a, there's a flamethrower over here. That's it. Yeah. And then Collins gets it. And instead of like standing in the doorway of the well, he does. He sort of he gives one of them, doesn't he? He gives one of the lads a, a, a yeah, jet the window. Plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they somehow, in the space of five seconds, rig it onto the helicopter. Mm. And then they're escaping, and they Some great cable tie and duct tape work. I guess. <laughs> yeah, so the A team. It's what I said when we were watching it. Um, and then you've got Van Cleef like flying in and out of these opium canister things. Um, the whole sequence is insane, but the model work. Oh my god! It's really, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I've never seen so much like so many action man jeeps get melted. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's it's like Thunderbirds level model it's, work. It's yeah, so good. It's really it's like, good. You can tell it's not real, but it's impressive. Yeah, they kill everyone around them in the helicopter flame. Yeah, so Kinski's character is like in the middle, isn't he? Yeah, with an M sixty. And he's jangling himself Jang- around. In the Wangle jangling it around, yeah. It's it's so... How they didn't shoot that helicopter down, I'll never know. Because some sustained fire from the did the helicopter get out of the hangar? Yeah, it never explains that. Well, it's... it's because clear- the hangar door's closed, and then it, there's sort of explosions, mm. and then the helicopter's outside. Maybe it was just the, you know, the expert piloting of, of China... His helicopter skills are peak. Well, he fought in five wars. That's what Colin says about that's, it. That's true. He, he he is the best helicopter pilot best. in Southeast Asia. He's in World War II, Korea, Grenada, Vietnam, <laughs> the Gulf War. I don't know. This, this, this film came out in 84. Is it? Oh, not the Gulf War. I'm traveling now. <laughs> yeah, he's that good. He's that good. He's flying Cobras over the Gulf. <laughs> So that whole scene where they're basically firing a flamethrower from the skids of this helicopter goes on for at least five minutes. It feels yeah, like. it's an extended it's the set piece of the movie. It's the peak, like cinematic climax of the film. Mm. But then, but then that's it. That's all you get. Then you know. What that... would you want? It's a flamethrower, Robbie. What, what, what can they give us? It's <laughs> meant, it's meant to be this grand ending. But it's like because you don't know what's going on, you don't know who you're meant to be, who you're meant to like care about. That does undermine it a bit, yeah. If you really undermines the scene, yeah. Mm. Like, I know, I know, we, we know that Kinski's the baddie. Yeah, we're being too highbrow, but like, it, it, you know, I'm just like, well, okay, you got away. 
Well, like, the next you... scene, you see them like arrive. This is the part that made me that made me laugh was the they arrive back at base, and then Lee Van Cleef and the Canadian lady, the journalist, are talking to Ernest Borgnine, and then you see a a, a Huey fly off into the distance, <laughs> yeah. and Ernest Borgnine's like, if that's who I think it is, and that's and if he's going where I think he's going, then he's going to do us all a big favor. Why did he need Lee Van Cleef? Flying a helicopter to the boss's like high rise office yeah. block to kill him, wild geese style. It's utter bollocks, though, isn't it? We're getting off the alley, telling a bit, but it's just like, oh my god, you can't, you can't think about this. Much like the film, there is no structure to this episode. No. For Ali Tally, for me, I think my my top pick is the wooden 1911. <laughs> it's around a lot. It's so like, obvious, though. You know, you know what you shouldn't do? A close-up of a, of a prop gun that isn't a gun. You know, in um, the, what it reminded me of, you know, in Goldeneye for the N64, when you pick the pistol up, it looks like that, like really low-texture model. <laughs> I kept thinking of the other guys, where they put like a nice sheen on his wooden pistol. That oh, yeah. Character. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a, there's a wooden 1911 that's sort of like seen very close up as a mm. hero prop. When it should not be a hero prop. No, no. Um, but my my favorite peak moment of Ali is the M1D Garand sniper rifle, complete sure. with M84 sniper scope. Very nice. With terrible reticle, which we've already mentioned. Yeah. But my favorite part of that whole scene is where he then takes the rifle grenade launcher, which is quite clearly a rifle grenade launcher, puts it on, fits it onto the bayonet lug. And then proceeds to use it as a silencer or a suppressor. It's so and, and it makes the the most ridiculous suppressed noise. It's like Pew! Pew! <laughs> you're like, what? Pew! And he, I think he only shoots one bloke with it as well. Yeah, he just shoots that one one sentry. You never see it again. Utter bollocks. Uh, that that was a peak 80s silencer suppressor noise. Like Properly. I've shot suppressed weapons and they do not sound anything like that. No. But you just you just got to love it. You just got, you have to. I thought that would make more, like, I thought they were going to use it more. That'd be his trait. Like, he's the sniper, you know. Mm. Like, I thought, you know. Yeah, they don't really have wet, they don't really have, like, skill sets. They're no, just they don't. Generic commandos, like, all of them. Yeah, because you might, I think, because obviously, you know, they, on some level, they're trying to rip off Wild Geese, mm. the original movie. Um, So, you know, in that film, you have got guys that, you know, some guys are on LMG, some guys are with Sterling, some guys have got assault rifles. So there is the varied skill set there. But in this one, everyone just seems to either have a Thompson or an M16. Mm-hmm. And then, but then, or an M60. Or an M60, yeah. And then probably the Thompsons and the M60s get used the most. My other pick is the M20 Super Bazooka, the 3.5 inch rocket launcher. So good. Where it's literally introduced in dialogue as that's a bazooka. Hit him with the bazooka. <laughs> Proper Ian Yule. Yeah, Maybe proper. it was an Ian Yule sort of like homage. <laughs> Maybe it was, yeah. Um, oh, so really? yeah, they're in that minefield, and then just to make things that extra bit worse, the the, the um, Golden Triangle militia start opening up on them with this bazooka, this M mm. twenty. Only once, so they've only got one round. Yeah, they have. Well, they well they haven't got any more mortar rounds to put down, have they? Well, no, they haven't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Wild geese style. Wild geese style. Um. But yeah, it's there's so much going on in this film. There's Uzis, there's um, there's um, there's lots of like Type Fifty Sixes, but all with the folding bayonets removed, which is weird. Weird. All the Golden Triangle like militia baddies have Chinese Type Fifty Six AKs. They're all bad enough. They don't need bayonets. Yeah, but the bayonet's cool. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's a weird choice. But they've all been taken off anyway. Just just something I noticed. But I think they barely even they barely even get fired upon by the enemy in this film anyway. And when it is, it's with mainly with M60s and Uzis. Yeah, it's mostly mech on mech, isn't it? It's weird, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, and the other alley as well is um the weird, and we weren't quite sure what it was, but the weird like cam- camo fatigues that Lewis is wearing because they've got yeah. like really odd ribbed epilepsy and ribbed knee pads. Yeah. So I wonder if they're like some sort of local para variant for maybe... maybe- I don't know. But, I was like, are they, are they Belgian? No, they're not Belgian. I just couldn't work out what the what the pattern was he was wearing. It's it's odd, isn't it? And then the other lads are just wearing regular Erdl, and that's probably just dotted everywhere by that mm, point. The, I mean, the real alley of the film is um, 
Lewis Collins when he's in Hong Kong walking around in his all whites. Oh yeah. Um, it's cool. With his little um, vest on as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, wow. Okay. So. Oh, and he turns up in a Pontiac Firebird for like. No yeah. Movie. There's a, there's a, oh my God, we forgot that car chase. <laughs> <laughs> when Colin, when Collins drives up a fucking pipe, like at 45 degree angle. tunnel. Like they're, they're, they think he's picked up a tail oh, and, and they go through a tunnel and, he, and there's roadworks. <laughs> and it, it reminded me of, of iRobot in that. Oh, yeah. 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 Maybe, the, maybe, the, maybe, the, uh, maybe the director of iRobot saw um, Codename Wild Geese. I got to rip this off. I see a great car chase last night. That, that, is, that is what we're doing. I want, <laughs> I want the car to go up the side of the tunnel. At least twice. The model work that must have gone into that is insane. Oh, insane! And then they get out of the tunnel, and it and it turns out that oh no, they're just some lads we we, we put on you to protect you. Yeah, but even then, not I, really being chased. No, and it's like oh that's weird. And then Kinski's like Kinski's like oh that's odd. Like and it's really trying to. It's like he can turn to the camera and go, I'm the bad guy. I set them up. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> no. Oh, and Kinski's got a little thirty-eight service revolver when he gets out a little snub nose i didn't know that yeah a little snub nose revolver yeah oh, okay a little cult revolver it's a nice little thing good bit of um kit inclusion mm. was collins had what appeared to be some sort of thompson pouch which was nice and the lads who had the m16s appeared to be wearing 80s um or 70s american alice webbing which was m16 webbing so that was good at least they had the right webbing for the guns they had. Yeah. That's rare for these sort of movies. Quite a, quite a few car 15s. Um, yes, yes. Uh, model 653 Colt carbines. Mm-hmm. He has one of those at the end. But yeah, it's just, there's a plethora of stuff going on. And, you know, shout out to Lewis Collins and his commando role and his, his very alley sort of like very, Thompson mag changes that he does. Very cool. Very, that, we, I'll make it's that always a gift. great when someone reloads in one of these films. Yeah, that needs to be a gift. It's so rare. Um, yeah, so there's a great little shot of um, Collins where he's lining up the rib on a on the Thompson mag into the <laughs> into the front of the trigger housing and he loads it in, cocks it. Does uh, it before cool. he before he goes into that building and clears it on his own and he yeah, has this epic commando role. So cool. <laughs> Which would definitely have gotten you shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you'd done that in real life. Because you can see him like throwing the weight of his body as well. Like he like throws his front arm forward to get like momentum. Yeah, and his leg as well. He's yeah, proper lands oh, on his oh. leg. Uh, but yeah, it's it's full of alley. There's there's loads of M sixteen A ones. Yeah. Um in the yeah, it's just just what you would hope to it's see. A romp, in, in... Isn't it? It's an absolute, it's just a romp. And there's nothing else you can say. Like it's just sort of I haven't seen the I haven't seen the other two though. Yeah, they're bad. This this had a lot more sort of this had a lot more going for it. Mm-hmm. Like the other the other I think it was Commando Leopard or Dare Commando was there wasn't a lot of action till the end. Mm. I mean, I, Donald Pleasance is in one of them, which is mental. Um, but Commando that's, Leopard and the Commander. That's it. But that's another that's another thing entirely. So that'll bring us on to our favourite scenes. Whole film. Great film. Fair enough. <laughs> See you next week, folks. No. <laughs> I don't know whether I have a, f- a favourite scene. I mean, what's matter, your favourite scene? Well, for me, it's more favourite character this week. Um, he's beer guy, beer man. An Australian. Is he Australian or South African? I can't tell. He might be. Exactly. He, yeah, he's just, his dub's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, um, he's like, he's there with a big bag, big, like a big bag of bud cans. Once he's ziplined into the camp into yeah. the radio room um crashed through the ceiling killed the guy captured another has a piece of bamboo like go through his arm mm-hmm. uh, so he has to stay behind uh he then proceeds to start like opening up his pouches and pulling out uh tins of tins of bud from what are ostensibly white phosphorus grenade pouches. <laughs> but perfectly, th- those old 80s Budweiser cans, Very perfect true. fit. 
Yeah. Perfect fit. There must be thousands of uh, of like eighties American reenactors who now you do the exact same thing. <laughs> well, he's just talking to the prisoner and he like smashes the can in front. Of <laughs> he just don't do that again. Don't do that again. Crunch. I was like, what a waste. And then you just another one out of another pan. <laughs> Cracks it open. And then once that once they've um they've got to their 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 target and they show you okay you can you're done now you can go sort of thing oh god yeah and he just he just sort of he goes okay cool and like one of the prisoners runs away and they gun him down um but he sort of just casually like scrolls out of the the little bamboo hut and he pulls it he pulls a grenade out of one pouch just casually pulls the pin throws it (laughs) there's a guy still in there yeah guy's still in there throws the grenade behind him and then casually just keeps walking pulls a new bud out rips the can open takes a sip and there's an explosion behind him and it's just like the coolest thing you've ever seen you know (laughs) if if it panned like if it faded down it was like Budweiser, the cool taste, you know, it'd be like a proper actually sponsored by Bud. Really is. Bud and Coke. That's all of the cans in this yeah, film are just Bud true. and Coke. I, I think my favorite scene is where we see uh, shirtless Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> <laughs> well, is... Him and his aide, aren't they? Him and his British accom- accomplice. Yeah, like... like the he's like the governor's aide from it's... like Hong Kong or something, yeah. I think. Anyway, very... so we're at the end of the film and, and as they're arriving back, in their little helicopter, Ennis Borgnine's like in bed, topless, and it's yeah. like the most jarring thing ever. Like, it's it's the last thing you expect to see in the end of the film. Just like Ennis Borgnine's chest, he quickly slips on a shirt and runs outside, and is very yeah. excited to see everyone. Um, just very jarring. But I, I think my my favorite scene um just has to be all that model work. Like it's, it's so good in it. Like, yeah, it truly is Thunderbirds sort of marionette vision level of model work it's yeah. just really good and slightly humorous at the same time it's really it's really like the attention to detail is quite good as well you know like even when like the helicopter that they escape on they've got they've either bought or made the mm. same helicopter model even if you're like yeah that's that's clearly a fucking model like you at least it's the same model yeah, but then the jeep's slightly too large because it's an action man one. Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. No, and the that's, and the, that's a fake jeep. <laughs> <laughs> the truck that they that, that Kinski smashes into the um the the barn that the helicopter's in um is it that changes very as a split second like it's Bedford. Just, it's not a Bedford now. No, it's not a Bedford. Bedfords wouldn't be wouldn't tank themselves appearing. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way this film could be better. They, if could, it not, been a they could not afford Bedfords on this feature. <laughs> Uh, well, if they had, it would have been it would have been getting blown up. Let's face it. That's, yeah, that's the shame. fate of a best movie. Mac movie. Yeah. Um, my other favorite scene is um, is Lewis Collins using a computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what you right. don't expect to see Lewis Collins using a computer. You laugh, right? You laugh. I do. When he retired, mm. legit moved to America and started selling computer parts. No way. That's what he did. Yeah. That's what he did till he re- till he unfortunately passed away. That he That's made his amazing. money. Amazing! Like, what was he selling? Like Apple Macs and I think it's just like computer parts. IBM's. Maybe it formed in his head from this movie. Maybe, or maybe he was a computer guy at that point. He was like, you know what we should do? We should have a computer in this film. That'll make it really yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And because they're they're quite cutting edge, aren't they? Eighty four. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if if I knew more about computers, I would be able to like tell you what model it was and mention it in the alley tally. But I'm just a gun guy. I think it well. It was either an, guy. It was either an Apple Mac, or it was an it was a Mac clone, something like that. Something like it, had, that. it had one of those like four inch giant floppy drives, though, didn't it? I guess I guess that rounds us out. Like, there's it not does. a great deal more we can talk about. It does. It's very thin, but we we focused on the important points and we've covered the copious amounts of Ali. Mm. That's it. this film is basically what the Ali yeah. is made for, and it's a cool kit movie. Like, for, mm. for the period, it's a cool yeah. kit movie. It's definitely, and if you're a fan of like '80s action films and a fan of B movies, like this is perfect for the. You know, if you if you don't know what to watch and you don't want something highbrow, you don't want to think. You know, just crack a beer, find this online, stick it on, have a have a laugh. Because sometimes you need to do that with films. I know, like we try and be really serious, and obviously last week with TAF, serious discussion about a serious movie and a serious topic and things like that. But these movies were like. Completely made up narratives, larger than life action heroes, 
they've got their place within the war movie genre. They have their place in cinema. They've got their they've got their place. And I think this is probably one of the better ones. Yeah, I mean, but the the key uh, aim of the pod is to cover conflict on film, isn't it? So fighting on film, fighting on film, and there's certainly some fighting in this film. <laughs> how many how many films do you see about the Golden Triangle? And that's got to count for something. It's an enjoyable sort of romp where it has some dips and there's some like narrative sort of like yeah. failures where it doesn't quite explain no, some of the bits that yeah. are going on. But yeah, it's not a bad movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a bit of fun. It was good. It was it was six Italian combat smocks out of ten. Is that how we're doing this? <laughs> no. But Italian <laughs> combat smocks. <laughs> that would be quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> the alley tally is not really a tally we can't literally it's not an actual tally films, but it's impossible it's just a round yeah. at this point no i give it like when we, when we thought about the alley tally so this is going a little bit off tangent for the app but when we thought about doing the alley tally as a feature i did think could we do uh it is an actual like tally and score it up like see what's cool Ooh. in there but it, takes it long. quickly became clear that we need to we need to open this up and yeah. just cover all of the cool stuff that yeah. we see in these films because you know that's the fun part. Maybe if we get a website, we can do some sort of wall or some sort of tally. Then maybe, yeah, maybe there's there's room for it. The Alley Archive, something like that. Yeah, know. I know there's a few people that have been a bit confused. Like maybe they've come to the pod after we explain what the Alley Tally is. Yeah, of course it's a bit esoteric as well because alleys are like a British Army slang term. Mm. So you're like, eh, well, and, we're, and we're turning that, we're skewing what that slang term. Yeah, exactly. Is. Yeah, so it's not strictly the meaning of, of the slang term as it was originally used. No, but it, I think this film's a brilliant example of an '80s Merc movie with plenty of like alley kit in it. Definitely, that was kicking off Merc month in style. We love Lewis Collins on the pod, and we do. I think this is probably his best Merc movie. So that was the that was Merc month number one. Yeah, so let us know what you think of uh, Codename Wild Geese. You can find us over on Twitter at Fighting on Film. For Merc Month, I thought we'd have a bit of, bit of fun on the Twitter feed. So I've made some funny little skits out of sequences from this movie. So we'd love your like interaction on those because I think they're really funny. Um, they are. They are quite good. They're quite good. We'll, we'll catch you over on the Twitter. And make sure you leave us a written review on Apple Pods if you're listening on there. Um, and, a, and a star rating on whatever you're listening on. And we'll catch you again soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.